the more conversations you can be in and the more conversations you can have, then the easier it is for you to actually go out and make sales. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're doing amazing. I am so excited to be joining you on a Thursday. This is a bonus episode this week. And in fact, there will be three additional more to follow this month. For the next four Thursdays in March, I am basically hosting marketing school because I want to give you the tools and the strategies to help you launch your business, grow your business, scale your business, and go out there and do the thing that you love most. Now, you might have been a part of some of my trainings inside my Holistic Business Collective Facebook group. Every few months, I host these four to five day free trainings. And what I'm actually doing is taking one of our past trainings and hosting it here for you on the podcast over these next four weeks. So basically, you're coming to marketing school. There's a class that's going to be here every Thursday for the month of March, and we're going to be diving into a lot of different topics. Our first class today is all about lead generation and the five things that you need for more leads. Next week, we're going to be talking about mastering your mindset and really diving into your customer avatar. In the class three, which is in week three, we are going to dive into social media strategies. And then our last class will be all about sales and owning the fact that you really are in sales. So why I wanted to do this is because I know some of you haven't been able to come and join me in some of those workshops. And after we host those workshops, we have the classes available for a short amount of time and take them down. And so I wanted to bring them back and host them here for you as an opportunity to really dive into your business and marketing. I get a lot of questions about growing your business and starting an online business and how do you do it and how do you master social media and how do you make money and all of the things. So I really wanted to share some great insights with you over these next four classes. So as an FYI, before you dive into any of these classes, please note that they are pre-recorded. We are pulling the audio from Facebook Lives that I hosted a couple months ago. And you might hear me refer to certain days and dates that probably aren't applicable right now because these are past recordings. There is technically a third class that was all about tech that's taught by my amazing content director, Vanessa, but we don't actually have that class here. So typically it would be five weeks, but we've actually shortened it to four because we couldn't grab that audio. But there is classes of Vanessa. Um, Vanessa's teaching some amazing tech classes and things on lead generation inside our Holistic Business Collective Facebook group. So you can always join that group and go catch any of her classes. We actually host 
monthly coffee chats and, you know, live Q and A's with different practitioners and wellness coaches inside that Facebook group. So I do encourage you to join it. If you want to take this conversation further and deeper, come join us there. Again, that Facebook group is Holistic Business Collective. You can just search for it on Facebook and then it will pop up and then come join us in there. And we're pretty active in there um, and hosting lots of great classes and sharing great content and giving away all kinds of freebies and workbooks to help you guys grow your business. So I'm really excited for this and just bear with me as you go through these next four weeks. Like I said, you might hear some things that aren't applicable specifically in the now and the present, and it's all good. We're going to see beyond that. And we are going to be here for the content, for the information so that you could show up powerfully for your business. I am so excited for you to dive into these next four weeks. And if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram. You can come follow me over on my entrepreneur business page on Instagram, which is Samantha underscore Gladish. Let's dive in, enjoy these next four weeks. And we're kicking it off with class number one, legendary lead generation, the five things you need for more leads. Enjoy. Hello, I'm so excited you're here. It's going to be a really fun class. And I know you might be like, really, is talking business and marketing fun? But trust me, it's, it is. It really can be. I love to teach this because I've been in your shoes before. I know what it's like when you are, perhaps some of you are just in those initial stages of just starting out. I'll tell you a little bit about my story and how I got here. And essentially, you know, I knew that I always wanted to be in the health and wellness space. Like I was so passionate about health and wellness from such a young age. And um, I, I went to University of Toronto. I was actually studying to become a teacher. And it's funny because like health and wellness was like always my life. And I was always in the gym and I loved food and just like learning all things, you know, wellness and nutrition and women's health and I was always kind of reading and learning about that on the side, but I went to University of Toronto because I thought I wanted to become a teacher because um, summer's off. <laughs> and so uh, it really wasn't until university that I realized, oh, you could go and study and become a nutritionist and like that can be your career. So I switched gears and I went to study nutrition. And so after I graduated from CSN, I'm sorry, from University of Toronto, I went to CSNN, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And I studied nutrition there and uh, it was amazing. It was so eye-opening and I learned so much and it was such a, a powerful education and getting all this knowledge. I felt very empowered to, you know, take charge of my own health and having these, these tools and then being able to go out there and support others. And so I will never forget being in the business and marketing class that they had at CSNN. And I will never forget the teacher saying, you know, you guys can charge $70 an hour. And I will never forget sitting off to the side in the class and being like, oh my God, $70 an hour. I'm going to make so much money doing what I love, helping people. Like this is the best of both worlds. I get to do what I love and get to make all this money, $70 an hour. Like that actually blew me away when she said that. And so I remember graduating and then being like, okay, great. I'm going to go help all these people. And then it was crickets. <laughs> it was like, no one came banging down my door to come work with me. And so, um, 
I didn't know what to do. Like, I really didn't know what to do. I got business cards and I, at this time, I was kind of like doing a whole bunch of things. I was teaching kickboxing classes and was like in the fitness space. I did have my background in personal training. So I had like a few clients and was trying to maybe help them a little bit with like the nutrition piece. And oh my God, I remember those very first meal plans. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. It was so messy. I actually remember one of these meal plans that I was putting together. No joke. I literally glued together like pieces of construction paper. And then because I wanted to like make it beautiful and look pretty that they could like hang up in their kitchen or something. It was it was just ridiculous. Basically, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea how to market myself. And so ultimately, this ended up leading to me getting a job, a real, you know, J-O-B in the health and wellness space. At least I was still in my industry. So I went on to work in a health food store. Plus, I was teaching like Pilates and kickboxing classes. And then from working in a health food store, I went on to managing a health food store And then that was amazing. You know, all of that experience was great because I got to learn about supplements and got all these trainings from all these great companies. And and I learned a lot, but it was just like, you know, a year and a half at this job. Okay. I'm tired of this. You know, let's go on to the next thing. A year and a half at this store. Okay. I got tired of this. And then I went on to managing a health food store, learned a lot there, but that one and a half year mark came up again. And I was like, I don't, I don't really want to be here. Like I need something more. I want some more freedom. I'm stuck in these four walls. I want to do, I want to do more. And sometimes, sometimes I would get some clients like nutrition clients that I would, you know, they would come into the health food store and then we'd get talking and then I could, I could work with them outside of there. And that was sometimes how I got some clients, but otherwise I didn't really have a business. I didn't have a nutrition business. Like I didn't have any of that. I was, I was working for other people. And so from being a health food store manager, I went on to being a sales rep in the health food space. And I was working, um, I had a really big uh, territory in like Southwest Ontario as a sales rep selling supplements and some um, nutrition, like food products and skincare, beauty care. And uh, so it was great because I got to be on the road and I was driving my car all over and I felt a little bit more freedom and flexibility with my schedule, but I had a boss that was calling me at like eight in the morning. I'm not an early riser. I set my schedule very differently. And so just kind of being on this schedule and working for somebody else and having somebody else over my shoulder all the time and like having to hit these quotas and these targets. And then even though you would like maybe miss it by like this much, you know, you'd miss out on your bonus, like just all this nonsense. And so I, I got let go. I got fired from that job. And then I went on to be a sales rep in another company. And sure enough, I also got fired from that job too. So I'm very unemployable. And the thing is in that last job that I got fired from, and to be quite honest, I I didn't get fired. It's not like I did something wrong. The company was making changes and they were letting people go. And so in that last job, I was, I was working for this company as a sales rep, but I was starting to gain a little bit more traction. I was going to like networking events. I was starting to learn a little bit about online business. I was learning about building an email list and I was putting energy into getting my website up. Like I was starting to get a bit of traction. 
So I kind of had one foot in the door in like my own business that I was, you know, starting to like build. And then I had one foot in the door at this company. And, you know, I was like, I know I don't want to be at this company, but they are essentially funding my business right now. And so I, I'm going to accept this and appreciate this and, you know, use this money to build my business. And that's what I did. And then, you know, it's funny because I was actually going to quit. I got to this point where I was like, if I want to go full force with this, like I can't have one foot in the door here and one foot in the door here. I got to put all my energy into my business and like, let's just run with this. And then it's funny because I was going to quit. And sure enough, a week later, my boss flies in and he, and he let me go. And I will never forget that moment because the universe did for me what I couldn't do for myself. I was going to quit and I was so scared to do that, but it's like the universe had to give me that push. And I'll never forget that moment when my boss called me into that meeting and it was to fire me. And he opens the door into this meeting room and I look in his face and I was like, are you firing me today? And he just looked at me with shock and put his head down. And I just knew, I just intuitively knew. And I celebrated. I called my my boyfriend, he's my my husband now. I called him at the time and I was like, I got fired. We're going out. We're celebrating. Like this is the moment for me to move forward and do the thing that I want to do. There's no plan B. Like let's do this. And it was such a an amazing moment. It was this big catalyst for me to move forward and really put all my energy into building my business. I went and I hired coaches. I really showed up for myself. I learned online marketing. I learned Facebook ads. I learned social media. I learned how to write copy. I learned how to launch. I just dove in full force because I was like, I am not going back to the corporate world. It's not for me. I'm going to do this. And so that's really my journey of getting here. And it was just trusting myself and doing the uncomfortable thing. And I didn't have all the answers, but as I started to take action, baby step after baby step, the answers would come. And if I didn't have the answers, I would go out there and seek the support and get help. And I've spent a lot of money, probably about over $150,000 investing in myself when it comes to marketing and working with coaches. I worked with a coach at one time and he wasn't even a marketing or business coach. He was really working with me more on like, personal growth. And that was like a $30,000 US investment. It was, it was a lot. I didn't have $30,000 lying around and I'm in Canada. So 30,000 US is a lot of Canadian dollars, right? And I didn't have that money lying around, but I knew that if I could bank on myself, that the money was going to show up and I could pay him and I paid him in installments and it all worked out. And that personal growth journey, working with him for three years, taught me so much about myself and I was able to grow so much. And then from there, I was able to even be such a better coach and a better leader and a better teacher. So I'm grateful for the journey that got me here. And I really wanted to share this with you because I want you all to know that like, I'm not in this better position than you are. I didn't have some special skills that you don't have. And it was all just about taking those baby steps forward, trusting it was all going to unfold and investing in myself. And that's how I got here. And I know you can do the same for yourself. So now since having my business for almost eight years and, you know, almost a million dollar business and 
having clients that I've worked with all over the world, launching, you know, one of Canada's top rated podcasts, being an author, all of that came in the right time. It wasn't forced. It wasn't rushed. But again, I just trusted the process and kept showing up and these things started to really show up. And this is all possible for you too. And this is why I share it because again, there's nothing more special here. It's all inside of you. It is there. You just need to trust it. You need to pull it out. You need to get uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable. And as you can work through that discomfort, the only way to get to the comfort is to go through the discomfort. And so I commend you all for being here today because I know some of this can be uncomfortable. So you're taking that first step forward. And like, I really commend you for it. I really, really do. It's trainings like this. That was a catalyst in my business. It was going to trainings like this and learning things that made me see things in a different way so that I could finally take action to invest and move forward and go and do the work and go and do the thing. So thank you so much for listening to that. I see some comments coming in. The universe gives us what we need. Thanks for sharing your story. It can definitely be scary to invest before making the money. Totally 100%. And, you know, we have to, again, trust, like there's a big, uh, it's, it's uncomfortable because it's like, it's not tangible, right? You can't like trust isn't tangible, right? So to just put your faith in that and move forward and trust that it's going to show up. Like I had to do that for myself because I knew that if I would, that everything else was going to to come to me, but I've got to take that uncomfortable action. And, and, and again, we can all do that. We can all do that. And don't hold back because time goes so fast. And if I spent so many years after graduating from CSNN taking nutrition course after nutrition course after nutrition course. I spent thousands of dollars trying to learn more in the nutrition space when I could have just taken that money and invested in marketing. And I spent years, years and years thinking that if I just studied more and knew more, then I'll get more clients. It doesn't work that way. I needed to learn how to market myself and grow a business. And so I, I I didn't waste those years because it was very powerful and I learned a lot. But imagine if I would have just dove in headfirst and put that money into marketing and business growth, I would have been farther along. But it's okay because it all worked out the way that it was meant to. Okay, Mona, I see that you are a registered aromatherapist, business and wellness coach. You're located in Vancouver. You help women with mindset change through aromatherapy and mindfulness. That's beautiful. I work with middle-aged women who want to turn nine to five job into passion entrepreneurship. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks again, everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. I feel, feel it was important to share that story because if you're not familiar with who I am, then at least you can have a little bit of a background there. And so... That brings us to our class of the day. Let's officially dive into our lesson. We're talking about lead generation. And if you're like, what really is lead generation? Well, just just flip that on its head. It's basically generating leads, generating prospects, clients, right? And maybe some of you want to work with people one-on-one, or maybe you want to do group coaching programs, like whatever it is in whatever capacity, We need people to purchase our products, our items, our services, whatever it is, in order to have a business, right? We don't really truly have a business until we have sales coming in. So 
We need to know how to market ourselves and how to generate those leads so that the clients can come in so that the sales can come in. So we're going to go through the five key pieces that you need to get leads on demand, five steps that you really need to follow. Okay. And it's in your workbook. And again, if you don't have the workbook, feel free to tag Marie and she can send that out to you guys. Um, but we're going to go through those. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Okay. So number one is that you need to be specific when it comes to how many leads you want. A lot of us are like, I want to work with 20 clients a month. Okay. Where are you getting those 20 clients from? This is where we have to really start getting clear. And also I know that we throw out these numbers all the time, but do we really take into account our energy and our time? Think about what 20 clients a month might look like in your calendar. Uh, Yes, Natasha, Maria will send that out to you, no problem. So can you imagine what 20 clients, right? Especially if a lot of us are doing like one-to-one coaching, that is a lot of time, right? And it's not just time on a phone call, right? Coaching somebody or a Zoom call, whatever. It's time like putting protocols together, So we have to really spend time being specific of how many clients, how many leads we want in a month. Now, I should really specify that leads and clients are two very different things, okay? So if we want to work with 20 clients, that doesn't mean we have 20 leads coming in, right? So this It can sometimes get a bit complicated because you have to understand like conversions and stuff like that. So let me break this down a little bit. If I know I want to work with 20 clients in a month and let's say that I am working with clients one-to-one. Okay. So I want 20 clients. I'm working with them one-to-one in my three-month coaching program. So I'm going to get them to book in a call so that I could get on a sales call with them and talk to them and see if they're the right fit for my program and then sell them into my program. So if 20 clients or 20 leads book into my calendar, that doesn't mean I close all of those 20 leads, right? That doesn't mean because 20 calls got booked that I've got 20 clients right now, right? Does that all make sense? If if this is making sense, you can leave a one in the comments. If you're like, no, I have no idea. Leave a two. <laughs> okay. So if we want the 20 clients, we we need to have more than 20 calls booked in a month. It probably means you need like 40 to 50 leads booked in a month. Okay. I think Catalyst Healing is um, Lori. Did I, I can't remember now. Um, okay. So most of you are getting this Lori. Let me go back and explain, right? If you want to work with 20 clients in a month, that doesn't mean that if you speak to 20 people, they're all going to say yes to you. You need to speak to more people. You need more leads coming in so that you can close those 20 clients. And the thing is, if we are new to doing sales calls, for example, I'm just using sales calls as, you know, one of the selling tools. If you're new to doing sales calls, there's a good chance that you won't be able to close. Like your closing rate is probably going to be really low. You're not going to close 100% of people, 
right? Like I remember when I was first starting out in business I, and I would go on a sales call, call, I was maybe closing 20% of the sales calls that I had, right? So if 10 people booked into my calendar, I was probably only closing two, okay, 20%. And I needed to get more sales calls and get more experience and bring more leads in so that I could get on more calls to gain that experience. And that closing rate went from 20 to 30 to 50 to 70 to 80%. So now I know if I want to have, you know, 20 clients in a month, I only really need about 23 to 25 people booking into my calendar because I'll close those 20 because I know what my conversion rate is. I know what my close rate is, right? My close rate is really high. Um, So when I say calendar, I'm like your booking calendar, right? So I have, I use Calendly in my business and um, there's all kinds of calendars that you can use. So if anybody, for example, wants to speak to me about the business, our business mentorship program, I get on a call with them, right? So, you know, book, fill out our application and book in a call. And then I can speak to you because I want to see if you're the right fit. And I want to make sure I'm the right fit for you too, right? So you would book into my calendar. Um, so uh, I just use contact me. And I mean, that's fine. Whatever calendar booking system you have, it's it's totally cool. Um, so your website needs to be first Google page to get those 20 clients, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, having it as a first Google page can be helpful. Don't get me wrong, 100%. But um, that's not how we actually, that's one way that you can get leads, but that's not the only way. Uh, That's a really good question. Okay. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper as I go through these steps and you'll get some more clarity on that, Liz. Okay. So number one is being specific. So you have to be specific with how many leads you want coming in, but how many clients do you also want? Okay. Cause they're kind of, they're two different things. So I hope that makes sense. And at first, it's you're not going to be super clear on this because again, you don't know what your conversion rate is, right? You don't know if like, okay, I have a I have 500 people on my email list and now I'm going to go sell this, you know, ebook or this meal plan that I put together, go and sell it. You don't know how many people are actually going to buy, right? You need to test it. You need to do a bit of trial and error. And then you start to get better knowing at like, oh, I've got 500 people on my email list and I can typically sell about 50 people or, you know, I've got 50 people booked into my calendar for the month for a sales call. And I know now that I could close about, you know, 50%. So I'm going to probably get about half of those leads. Half of those 50 people are going to sign up for my program. You just need time to understand what the process looks like and to understand your numbers. And then you'll get so much better at this. But I really do want you to start being specific with how many leads you want coming in. And you typically need more leads to come in because out of all those leads, that bucket of leads, you're going to close X amount of people. Okay. Uh, Calendly is a great resource and free. Definitely recommend looking into it. Yeah, I love it. Um, Calendly is is really, really good. Lori, when we already have a lot of people to lead, what are your thoughts on automations, workflows, and Kajabi? Yeah. So we do have some of our students in our mentorship who use Kajabi and any, you know, use whatever platform makes sense for you. Vanessa is definitely going to dive into platforms and what we typically recommend for our students in our mentorship program, because 
we set up a lot of automations and funnels and do a lot of the tech for our students. So we typically recommend our students use Aweber because uh, it's cost effective and there's like a lot of bells and whistles that you get with it. And it's just a great platform to use. Um, so we typically recommend Aweber, but Kajabi, if that's what you're using and it works for you, that's totally cool. So automations and workflows are great, but you have to understand like an automation or a funnel, right? You have to really understand how to position yourself copywriting is going to play a really big role here. And when I say copywriting, what I mean is the words you use to sell, the how you position yourself to sell something, okay? I don't mean copyright like, um, like, um, like legally. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about copy is the words that you use, how you sell. When you write a social media post, when you write an email to your list to go buy something, how are you saying it? How are you telling that story? What are the words that you use that's compelling people to go buy? Okay. So copywriting is going to matter a lot in your automation and your workflow, because it's one thing to just set up an automation and write some emails but you really got to know how to strategize that to lead somebody into a sale. So um, we highly recommend them 100%, but you really got to understand the process so that it can work really well for you. So I hope that kind of answers the question. Uh, can you connect Calendly to Squarespace for free? Uh, I think you can. Maria, I feel like you might know that the answer to that question. Um, okay, so... That was number one, being specific. Let's dive into number two, which is being visible, okay? We have to be visible. If we want to have more leads coming into our business so that we can have more clients signing up for uh, with us, then we need to be visible. And visibility can be, um, now that we have this access to so many social media platforms, pick the social media platform that works for you, okay? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it Facebook? Where are your people hanging out? You have to be visible. You actually have to show up, get on camera, get on Insta stories, do reels. Like you have to show your face. This is what I mean by being visible. Maybe it means you have a really big community literally right outside your door where you can go and host workshops and connect with your community in person. If that is something that you have access to and can work for you, great. Go out into your community and be visible, okay? Um, podcasting, that can be another great way to be visible. Now, of course, you're, you're not showing your face unless it's maybe a video podcast, but that's another way to be visible. Either you are hosting your own podcast or you're being interviewed on other people's podcasts. So that's a really powerful way as well. The point is we want to be out there, out into the world, showing people that we are here, that this is what we do, and you have to start building this relationship with people. And the only way you're going to do that is by being visible. So if all you are doing is just posting like pretty content on social media and, you know, wanting your Instagram grid to look really pretty and, you know, just posting up nice images, it's not enough. It's actually not enough. That content is very valuable and really important, but you have to actually show your face. And this is why so many of these platforms are moving to video base, because can you imagine what this training might be like if you just didn't get to see me at all? 
right? I feel like it just wouldn't be the same if all you were listening to was just audio and I was telling my story, but you couldn't really put a face to that and see me. It would feel so, it would feel so different. And so this is why it's really important to be visible because when people see you, they can better connect with you. They need to hear your voice, see your face, also your mannerisms. And I talk a lot with my hands, you know, it matters and it really helps to build that connection with people. Okay. So number, so leave a one, does that make more sense about being visible? Do we feel clear on being visible and don't hesitate to let me know if, you know, if this is an area where you're like, damn, I've been, you know, I haven't been showing up and I'm really not being visible. Like, let me know, you know, it's, it's all good. And maybe you can even tell me why, if you're like, yeah, I know I should be on, you know, Insta stories. I'm just not doing it. Like, why, why do you, what is it that's really holding you back? Okay. Awesome. So number one is be specific. Number two is to be visible. And number three, this is really, really important because this is often a key piece that is missed. Um, and says, I find I do show up, but there isn't much engagement. Yeah. And I hear you on that. So we have to let go of the attachment to the numbers and the followers and show up sharing really great information, being authentic, being yourself and just continue to do it because the more you do it, the more the momentum is going to build. And it, it can be a challenge. Don't get me wrong. Like social media is so saturated, right? And I personally like the best of both worlds and that is organic reach and that is paid reach. So paying for ads, but also using organic as well. You, I personally feel like you need the best of both. However, you know, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole with ads because it can be really um, complicated with Facebook ads and whatnot, but they can be really powerful in your business only when you have your funnels and your systems built and set up. Never run Facebook ads just to your fa- to your website. Never do that. Never run ads just to go to like a sales page to buy something. Never go and do that. You always run ads specifically for generating leads and you need to have your systems and whatnot built and set up for you. Okay. So if you don't have that, don't even worry about ads right now. Okay. Um, definitely something we dive deep into in our, in our mentorship program, because we set up all of our students like funnels and systems for them. So that if they do decide to put a budget into Facebook ads, the back end is all set up for them. Okay. So you just got to keep showing up. I know the engagement can be can be low and slow, but keep doing it. And what's really important to understand when it comes to social media, which I think we're talking about on day four, we're going to talk about social media on day four. So any questions you have around that, save it for then. We're really going to talk, uh, dive into like Instagram on day four, and I'm going to give you some tips and feedback about that. Okay. Um, I'm visible on my Instagram, but I find social media and content creation is exhausting. It takes up a lot of time. Would prefer to use that time with clients, though I know it means it's a means to an end. Yeah. And so here's the thing with content creation, and I appreciate you pointing this out, is that content creation feels exhausting and overwhelming when we don't have a really clear idea of who we are working with, like who is our niche, who's our, our ideal client. And when we don't have a clear plan of like what we're trying to lead people to, when we don't have that in place, content creation becomes really hard 
Because what happens is we get into this cycle of just creating content just to create content. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I definitely just post content because there's things I just genuinely want to share. But for example, I knew that this five-day training was coming up and I'm so excited for it. So of course, I knew leading up to this week, I was going to post content around the workshop that was coming up and to you know, educate people about what they're going to learn and whatnot, right? So you have to know, like, what's the end goal? Is there something you're trying to sell, a workshop you're trying to lead people to? What does that look like? We have to know what the end game is. And then, then we work backwards from there. And then content creation becomes that much easier. Also, when we aren't clear on our niche and our ideal client, we're going to dive a little bit more into this tomorrow and talk about messaging. When we're not clear on this, again, the content creation becomes exhausting because if you're just creating content about all kinds of health topics, then you're not really speaking to your ideal person. And now you're just creating a ton of content and and it's like information overload. You really want to try and narrow it down. So I appreciate you mentioning that because those are often the things that I see. Like, how are people going to find you or connect with you and know who you are and know what you do? If you don't, you know, put your face out there, right? So if we really want to show up and help people, we have to get out of our own way. This is the biggest thing that I see is that we make it all about us. Oh, I, I don't look good. My hair isn't nice today, or I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing. I, 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 we make it all about us. It's not about you. If you want to show up and serve people and be a leader and coach people and truly serve them and transform their health and their lives, you can't do that by thinking about yourself all the time, right? And trust me, I was in that trap too. I got so caught up at my my own crap, right? How I look, how this, my hair, my that. I don't, what if somebody asks me something and I don't know? It's like, I, 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 and I'm like, oh my God, I'm making this all about myself and this isn't about me. This is about others. This is about showing up and sharing the knowledge and the information to help others. And as I shifted that mindset, that really helped me to show up more and made it more easier. So hope that helps a little bit. Okay, we're going to dive into number three, step number three. And I was saying that this is often the piece that is missed. And that is to nurture your leads, okay? So nurturing can be done in multiple ways. So what I mean by that is if you are growing a social media following, for example, and now you've got like, thanks for that reality check, (laughs) my pleasure. Um, Say you have like, you know, a thousand leads now on or a thousand followers on Instagram, but you never post. Well, What's the point of that, right? You're not nurturing your audience. You're not giving them value and information. And this is the biggest thing I see with people building email lists. They go and they kind of, they get started, they get their email list together and they start growing it and they get a couple people on there and then they do nothing. How many students I have, I have asked, you know, do you have an email list? And some of them, some of them do. And I'm like, okay, great. So, you know, what does that look like? You know, you're emailing them every week and they're like, no, I haven't emailed them in months. So we spend this time trying to find leads and get clients and they're right there. They're right there in front of you, but we're not actually nurturing them. We're not building a connection with them. We're not emailing them and we're missing out 
We're missing out on sales that are literally right in front of us. So we have to nurture leads. One of my clients actually just the other day, one of my students, she, she sends me this message and she was like, Oh, I just, you know, signed up a new client. How exciting. And she said to me, I literally spoke to this client six months ago, six months ago. And now they finally decided to sign up and she's been connecting and nurturing and sharing value and sharing content. And sometimes it takes six months for somebody to make a decision. But if she wasn't emailing and connecting with them and sharing value, she wouldn't have been top of mind. So I've actually hounded my newsletter people. (laughs) Okay. Um, Melissa, guilty as charged. Eek, I get it. It's all good. When we know better, we can do better. So it is totally okay. So it's so important to nurture. And it's also important to recognize that just because you send out one email and ask people you know, you send out one email and let people know that you're available to hire. And, you know, you've got this coaching program. That doesn't mean everybody's going to come work with you now, right? It doesn't work that way. So this is about playing the long game and you have to have patience and we have to nurture people, build a relationship with them, connect with them, share value. And, and, and of course make sales, make the offer. We have to pitch ourselves. We often don't do that. So pitch yourself and put it out there but know that it's not always just going to happen right off the bat. Somebody may not buy for a few months down the road and that's okay, but that's why we continue to nurture. Okay. How do you re-engage an email list and and in my free Facebook group? I assume just start. (laughs) Totally. You do just start literally just send out an email. And if you want to be like, Hey, haven't spoken to you guys in a while, you know, just wanted to, you know, let you in the loop of what I've been up to and what I do and just dropping in to say, hi, like, literally keep it really simple. Um, how much is too much for emailing your list? Um, well, I would honestly, I don't even know how to answer that question because I know people who email their list every single day. So what it really comes down to is like, what do you have the capacity for starting out one to two emails a week would be great. You know, and if two seems like daunting, like then at least one, absolutely one email to go out a week. That is a must. Okay. You've got to send one email a week and we send, you know, two to three a week. So, um, it really, it just, it really can depend, but you also have to keep in mind that, um, like for for example, in our business, we're pretty clear with our content calendar and like, we send this email out on Tuesday and we're going to share this. And then we're going to do this Thursday because we're promoting this. And then, you know, this Friday email is going to go out because, you know, we have a sponsor or collaboration with this company. So we're going to send out an email about them. Like we're pretty clear on what's going out and with our content calendar. So this is why, like, we have a lot of things to share and promote. This is why one email a week is just, it's not going to do it. So we need to send more. Um, but starting out with one, okay. And then work, work your way up two, three, four, if you want. Like, I don't think you need to email every single day. I know people who definitely do it, but they do it because they have a lot of affiliate products that they're promoting. And that's why they're sending a new affiliate product out every single day. And that's just, you know, that doesn't work for me. If that works for you, then, then go right ahead. Uh, do you have any advice for the fear of what if someone asks you something and you don't know, like, obviously you aren't going to know everything, but if a client has a ton of questions and an expectation that you should know, I think that's where majority of my discomfort lies. Awesome question, Sarah, this is what you say. 
If somebody asks you a question and you don't know, you say, great question. I actually don't know the answer to that. That's it. Radical honesty. (laughs) You're not going to know the answer to everything. So it's just about being honest with people. You guys might ask me questions this week that I really don't know the answer to, and I'm not going to try and find the answer or pretend that I know it. I'm just going to tell you, I don't actually know the answer, but you know what? That's really interesting. I'm going to go do a bit of research on that and I'll get back to you. That's it. You just have to be honest with people. So we're not here to know everything. We're just here to be honest with people. That's what's really important. Where it can get really challenging sometimes is when you don't know your niche and your ideal client and like who you really want to work with. And what happens is you end up just working with all kinds of people. So like, I've seen this often, right? Like those who are like, yeah, I just want to be a health coach. I just want to help people get healthy. Okay. So that's really broad. So that means what, if somebody comes to you for heart disease, high cholesterol, PCOS, endometriosis, autoimmune cancer, you're going to work with all of these people. And then what ends up happening You burn yourself out because all you're doing is spending all of this time trying to research all the stuff about heart disease, all the stuff about cholesterol, all the stuff about PCOS, all the stuff about cancer. And it's just like, you can't do that. Like that, you're going to burn out. How do you put protocols together for all of these different things and work with all of these different people? But when you can really hone in on the thing that you're really good at and specialize in more of this, like in one thing, then you can have the same, you know, similar or the same protocols. You become so much more educated in that one thing that you end up knowing a lot more about that one thing. But when you're working with so many different ailments and so many different symptoms and conditions, that's when it can be really overwhelming. And then that's when we can feel like, well, they might ask me the question about this and I really don't know the answer. So I just wanted to point that out too. Um, Be honest. Yes. (laughs) Um, They will likely trust you more than if you give them false information. Totally. That's 100% true. How far in advance do you plan out content or emails? Do you have a specific day of the week you plan out content? I know my niches, but they'll take time to nurture parents, pet parents, single people, retired people. Yeah. And I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of people. I forget again, um, what your, um, what your specialty is, but, um, I mean, it could be a lot. You might want to even narrow that down a little bit. Um, that's helpful. Thank you. Great suggestion about the niche. Yes. We're going to dive more into it tomorrow for sure too. So how far in advance do you plan? I'm just trying to go to these questions. Do you plan out content for emails? So keep in mind that I have a team now. I obviously used to do it on my own before, but I have a team. I don't like planning out content too far in advance because I am very much like in the flow. And when ideas and inspiration comes to me, I want to share it then. If I planned out content for like three months or six months ahead of time, like I feel like I'm like really constrained by that. And like, it doesn't give me this like flow, this like flowiness, this freedom to just share what I want to share. So um, typically for us, we kind of plan out one to two months roughly And, um, yeah, we'll just kind of plan out one to two months. And then I kind of look at my calendar to see like, are there specific things that I'm launching or, you know, programs or workshops or things that are happening? When is that happening? Because then again, I got to work backwards. You know, for example, if I know something is 
launching, you know, in January, then I know I have to start talking about that. Not, not in January, I got to start talking about that and planting seeds about that in like November, December. So it's always about working backwards. So we probably don't plan out more than a quarter at a time, right? Each quarter. So like three months at the very most. Um, but everyone will be different. You kind of have to find what works for you. And I think that if you plan too far out in advance, it can be a bit challenging. So um, just kind of spend some time asking yourself, you know, what are you launching? What are you creating? When do you want to sell something and kind of work backwards from there? How much time do you need to be able to promote that? I've been struggling with building my list with my lead magnet. I've created a couple and have a ton of free resources as well as hosted webinars, free trainings, which I haven't successfully, which I haven't been successful in building my list. So frustrating. Okay. Natasha, I totally hear you. List building, lead magnets. Uh, that's the first thing that we always start on with our students in our mentorship program in phase one. And um, there's multiple things to look at there. So with lead magnets, like it has to be really specific and like sexy, <laughs> sexy enough for somebody to really want to opt in for it. So, you know, like the title is going to matter. Have you niched down and been specific enough with it? Um, if you have funnels set up for it, you might actually want to consider running some ads if you have the back end and the system set up. Um, you know, webinars and free trainings and all of that, like there really is a much bigger strategy to having these be successful. So again, I don't know how much you know or how much you have set up, but like, especially for webinars, we literally spend an entire three months with our students, helping them get their entire webinar funnel set up because there's a there's a prep for your lot for your webinar, then there's the presentation, and then there's the post follow-up. And they, there's really an entire system to have in place so that you can get enough leads coming in, you can get enough live on the webinar, and then you have a whole system in place for follow-up. So that's why sometimes when you don't have these things set up, you're like, oh, you know, I ran webinars, they don't work. Or yeah, I ran Facebook ads, they don't work. And it's like, there's so much more to the story, right? There's like so many other pieces that could be missing. So yeah, I'd be totally curious to see like what gaps you might need to fill there. Cause I'm sure there's probably some gaps that, you know, need to be filled so that you can really um, have a better strategy in place with how you're promoting these things. So I don't know if that fully answered the question. I mean, I can't fully see what you have set up and whatnot, but that's just some things to keep in mind is that, um, we sometimes, it, there's a little bit more of a strategy that's involved when it comes to launching these things. And sometimes we're just, we're just missing that. Um, okay. Oh, right. Okay. So you're doing Reiki and meditation. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely have a broad, a definitely a broader range in terms of niche. Um, but you might even want to consider and spend some time thinking about like, who is really the ideal person you want to work with? Cause I know you mentioned, um, like all kinds, you know, parents and you, I think you said like pet parents and the elderly and all of that. But like, if you really had to sit down and think about the person that comes into your practice that you're going to, you know, teach Reiki and uh, give Reiki to, or, and do some meditation with like, who really is that person that lights you up the most? You might, that can really help you narrow down maybe a little bit. Once you send your clients their wellness form to complete and return to you, how long after you receive the forms, do you book the first appointment to give you time to research and prep? Well, I mean, that's really up to you. Um, you know, I personally would probably at least a week once you send your clients their wellness form to complete and return. 
How long after do you receive the forms? Yeah. Like once I've received forms back, I mean, I don't work with clients one-to-one anymore, but once I've received forms back at least about a week, I get that initial call booked in. Um, but I also feel like there's not much, not too much to prep and do for that first call because I need to get on that first call so that I could better understand them um, before I actually move forward with doing prep or any research or anything like that. So I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, at what point do you source out to help you virtual assistants? Well, the sooner you can do that, the better. You know, the sooner you can hire somebody, I mean, go for it. And and delegating out the things that really aren't kind of your zone of genius or that, you know, you no longer want to do, like just, just go for it. Um, so it is important to know you know, like not just bring somebody on and just kind of like randomly give them some stuff, right? You you do want to be clear of like how this person is going to fit into your business and, and help support you so that you can go off and, you know, do the things that's going to help you like really scale and grow. Okay. I'll come to questions at the end, but I'm going to go back to these. We've got two more and I'm going to go through them real quick. Okay. So the first three, we did be specific, be visible, nurture. Number four is outreach. Okay. We want to reach out to people connect with people, invite them to your workshops, invite them onto a sales call. Um, you can think about the, maybe you have like super fans right now who are always commenting on your posts or always DMing you and reaching out to you. Those are your super fans. They obviously are connected with your messaging and what you're sharing. So reach out to them, invite them into a sales call, um, at, like start a conversation with them. I think, especially when it comes to something like direct message, direct message can be really powerful. Like if somebody is constantly direct messaging you or leaving, you know, comments and connecting with you, um, direct message them, like actually send them a message and personalize it. Right. I know some people use like automation and bots and things like that, which I get you can do once you're at like a pretty big level and you have like hundreds and thousands of followers, but like make it personal to people, send emails and make it personalized to people. If there's a list of people and you could think off the top of your mind, that would be a great fit to come work with you in your program, you know, reach out to them and, and connect with them, get them on a sales call, invite them to come join your program. And maybe this is the first round of your program and you're going to do a beta test, or you're going to give them a discount just because you want some feedback and some experience. Like the point here is we have to reach out and we get really caught up in just like posting things online and then like running away. But we really have to take that responsibility for building those connections and getting into conversations with people. That's really, really important. So the more conversations you can be in and the more conversations you can have, then the easier it is for you to actually go out and make sales. So that's number four is reach out to people. Don't just think because I posted something, people are going to find me. That's obviously part of it, but go and post, go and share content and then actually go and reach out to people. Okay. And then number five, the last one is consistency. This is the big one, right? Is that you have to be consistent. So if you're going to show up online, think about what consistency looks like for you. Is it two days a week? Is it three days a week? Um, 
is, you know, what does your email consistency look like? Are you emailing them once a week, twice a week? Like you have to find that consistency and stick with it because there's nothing worse than starting something, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, right? How many of us have done that? We start to email our list, we fall off. And then to get back to it is that much harder. We start social media, we post for, you know, a couple of weeks and then we fall off for a couple of weeks and then we got to get back to it. And it's just like start and stop, start and stop. So consistency is really key. And I really want you to find out what consistency means to you. Okay. And really look in your calendar of where you can be more consistent with things. Okay. So something that I actually just really want to mention here real quick, because I've seen it a few times in the comments about like websites and my honest opinion on launching a website is that it's not necessary. And I'm going to tell you why. So if you're just starting out in business and you're going to spend like a couple thousand dollars on putting a website up is that when you don't understand these fundamentals, there's no point in having a website. It's really important. Like your website is, it's your home. It's like your business home. And so if you don't know who you're serving, what your services are, how to really market yourself and speak about your programs and your offerings, how to really tell your story. If you don't know how to package that and really put that together, a website doesn't matter. The point of your website is to generate leads. That's the point of your website. So if you don't know and understand lead generation, which is totally okay, like you're going to learn it, right? You're here learning it. But when you don't understand these pieces, a website can be a really big waste of time and money. So you could use so many other platforms to generate leads. This is why your email list is so important and creating like opt-in pages and landing pages where people can just opt into your lead magnets and your webinars and sign up for stuff. That's what you need. That's all you need in your business. It's cost-effective. And then once you do that and you start to understand more about your niche and who you're serving and get really clear on your messaging, then it makes sense to take all of that information and go hire a website designer because now you can actually communicate to that designer what you really need. So don't like, if you have a website up already, it's okay. Like, don't worry about that. Okay. But I just really wanted to share that because I feel like so many people graduate and then they're like, okay, I'm going to go get business cards and put up a website, which is exactly what I did. And on my website, like I didn't know how to tell my story. I wasn't concise with my messaging. I had no idea how to generate leads and like put in opt-ins and build my email list. I had like 15 different services on there. Like it was messy and that wasn't going to bring me clients. It was just actually confusing people. So don't worry about it. Like if you have a website up already, it's all good. You're actually going to be able to take what you've learned from this week and probably go and edit and, and, and make some tweaks to your website, which is great. Um, but if you don't have a website up right now, don't worry about it. Let's just let that go because you can use other platforms to start building your business in a more efficient way. Okay. That is all for class one. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, I know we went a little bit over, I, but you're all still here hanging out. So I appreciate it. If there's any other last questions, by all means, go ahead and um, share with me. And um, I just really hope that maybe there was some light bulb moments and that you learned a lot during our first class. Have an amazing day. Take care, everyone. 
Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.